there. I'm Linda McHenry, host of Taking the Mystery Out of Insurance. Thanks for joining me. Today is Tuesday, July 14th, 2020, and this is episode number 13, Do You Know the Rules About Flying Drones? If you'd like more information about who I am, what I do, my books, YouTube channels, and podcasts, just visit my website at lindamchenry.com. The podcast page also offers you the opportunity to submit questions for each week's Q&A section of the podcast or to request a guest spot. You might also want to check out my book, Taking the Mystery Out of Business, which discusses what I view as the nine fundamentals for professional success. You can find it on Amazon in paperback and as an ebook. It seems as if everyone is using drones these days, either for fun or for business. But did you know the FAA regulates the use of all drones? Yes, the rules and laws have changed. Here's a quick down about what you need to let your clients know with respect to their drones. The first thing is that the FAA regulates airspace in the United States. So Congress has granted the FAA with authority to set the rules and guidelines, although there are very few actual federal laws in place in in U.S. code. A number of states have also been enacting laws about the use of drones. But The important thing to remember about state law is that if it conflicts with federal law, federal rule, okay, under the FAA will prevail. So everyone has to register their drone unless the drone weighs less than 0.55 pounds, which is 250 grams, and the drone is only used for recreational purposes. When you do have to register your drone that weighs more than a little over half a pound, the cost is $5 for three years. If you're registering a drone for solely recreational use, you register yourself and you can use that registration number on all your drones that are used solely for fun purposes or recreational purposes. If you're going to use your drone commercially, then each individual drone is registered. And in all cases, you have to put the registration number on the drone. Now, there's two basic ways to register your drone, either as a recreational flyer. And again, you can't use that drone at all for business in any way or for everybody else, right? So if you use your drone for business in any way, it needs to be registered under part 107. You're considered a commercial flyer. And this is also the way law enforcement agencies register their drones and any folks that do education or training involving drones. Another thing to keep in mind about registration is the size of your drone matters. If it weighs less than 55 pounds, you can register it online on the FAA's drone zone and their website is faa.gov forward slash UAS for unmanned aircraft system. That's where you're going to go to register your drone. Now, if the drone weighs 55 pounds or more, you have to use a paper application. And when you go again to the FAA's website for the unmanned aircraft systems, you're going to see links for all this stuff. So again, everyone has to register their drone now unless it weighs less than half a pound. And there are rules, and there are different rules that apply to recreational flyers and commercial flyers. And some of the rules are the same, others are different. Basically, anyone flying a drone is required to keep the drone in the visual line of sight of the operator, meaning the person flying the drone has to see the drone at all times. You're not supposed to fly it out of the sight of the the operator. You can't fly a drone higher than 400 feet above ground level, and you can't fly it any faster than 100 miles an hour. If the drone doesn't have specific type of lighting, 
It can only fly during daylight hours. This means you can only fly it beginning one half hour before official sunrise local time uh, and until one half hour after official sunset local time. Drones can't be flown over people or moving vehicles. And you're not allowed to fly drones within five miles of an airport that has an air traffic control tower. You can't fly within three miles of a stadium or event that's hosting national football, Major League Baseball, or certain NASCAR events. And you can't fly a drone over areas that are deemed security-sensitive airspace, national defense airspace, over Washington, D.C., within like a 30-mile radius of D.C., over emergency operations. And there are other, there are other listings of places where you can't fly your drone. Now, for commercial users, if you want to have exceptions to some of these rules, you can apply for waivers online. So, for example, if you have an insurance adjuster who wants to fly a drone for purposes of adjusting a loss after a catastrophe, and that would involve flying at a certain height or maybe over people or at night, can apply to the FAA for a waiver. But again, that's only commercial users. Now, when somebody wants to fly a drone for business purposes, they are required to obtain an FAA certificate as a drone pilot. So to become an FAA certified drone pilot, you have to be at least 16 years old, have to be a U.S. citizen or present legally in the U.S., have to be able to read, speak, understand, and write English. And again, you pass the initial test. You have to pass ongoing tests every 24 months. And once again, all this information about how to do that is on the FAA website. So that's just a quick rundown about the rules. Now, there's no requirement at this time for drones to be insured, either for property coverage or for liability coverage. However, if you are the operator of a drone or the owner of a drone, you are legally responsible for all the injuries and damages that are caused by your drones. And a lot of people don't realize that. And I have read about drone crashes. They're quite common. Uh, someone is flying a drone and they don't have proper training and they crash them into power lines, into buildings, into moving vehicles, into people. There was a, a, a wedding where uh, the event planner hired a drone operator to fly a drone over the outdoor wedding and take aerial photos. And the drone crashed into a woman and blinded her. People have crashed their drones into the Empire State Building, into the Space Needle, over the Dakota Pipeline. And if you don't have insurance, can you imagine the amount of money that each drone operator and drone owner would be responsible for? So again, these are concerns that people have. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've seen as well is people who are charged with crimes and there are lawsuits filed against them for injuries and damage as a result of drones. In most of those cases, there are charges because they, they violate FAA rules about flying drones. And if there have been convictions and if there have been penalties imposed, that's what they're for. Now, right now, the biggest insurance concerns that you need to think about are the differences between federal and state laws. Like I said, FAA regulates airspace and regulates all aircraft. And it is a federal offense to interfere with the flight of any aircraft, whether it's manned, so that would be a commercial airline or maybe a small pilot, a small plane being flown by a pilot, or a drone. The states are also passing laws mostly about trespassing. 
And again, they usually don't conflict with federal law, but remember, federal law will prevail over state law, except for when it comes to trespassing. And that seems to be the biggest issue with respect to claims submitted under homeowners and personal lines policies, such as renters or mobile homes or condos, because the FAA doesn't regulate trespassing. It's a state issue. So when people sue in federal court, the federal courts have been referring those lawsuits back to state law. So once again, that's an issue you want to be aware of. And you want to also look at the policies and see how the policies exclude aircraft. For example, the homeowner policy typically excludes all liability for aircraft unless it is hobby aircraft. Now, not all drones are going to qualify under the definition of hobby aircraft. And again, in most cases, hobby aircraft isn't defined like in quotes, although you may see it now because of the popularity of drones. If a drone is equipped with any kind of mechanism that will carry cargo, it's probably not going to be deemed as a recreational drone. We also have concerns about invasion of privacy, because if a drone's legally allowed to fly wherever it wants to, which the FAA says drones can fly anywhere from the ground up, even if it's over someone's yard. So if a drone can fly anywhere, then it pretty much can do what it does, which is film and record. Now, again, state laws may impose restrictions about flying over someone's private property, whether it's a home or whether it's a business. So these are things you need to check out with your state laws. There's the cyber issue. If these drones are equipped with all kinds of technology, especially if they're reporting back some of the video and the audio feeds, what if they're intercepted? Okay, we have the cyber issue, the hacking issue, but we also have that invasion of privacy issue. Neither of those things are insured on the homeowner's policy. So even if there is liability coverage on a homeowner's or a personal lines policy, you're not going to see coverage for that. Now, from what I'm hearing from uh, my clients and people who attend the webinars I teach is that more and more commercial lines policies are excluding coverage for property damage and liability of drones. So again, many, many businesses are using drones. When you have a client who's applying for commercial insurance, or if you have clients who have business insurance in place now, your renewal questionnaires should ask, do they own drones? Do they use drones? because whether they're the owner or the operator, they can still be held liable for the injuries and damages that result from drone losses. Insurance coverage can be issued on standalone policies by insurance companies. They're typically specialty or aviation insurers, but people can also buy on-demand drone coverage by the hour. There's a number of InsurTech companies that are also selling drone coverage. You see three basic kinds of coverage. There's hull coverage, which is the insurance for the drone itself and any of its attached equipment. There's payload coverage for other equipment connected with the drone, both on the drone or on the ground, like a ground station and controls. And then there's your liability coverage. And liability coverage runs the gamut from third-party liability to personal and advertising injury to cyber to all different kinds of things. Again, that's going to depend upon the carrier. So this issue of drones is going to get bigger in the insurance industry because right now we're seeing millions and millions of drones being registered. More and more of them are being registered and used commercially. Law enforcement uses them. Agriculture is using them. Insurance industry is using them. They're used to film all kinds of events. I'm sure you've seen the uses of them. They just go on and on. And I'll bet you a bunch of your clients are using drones right now and, and you're not even aware of it. So you, you do want to check into it. 
you have any questions, again, reach out to me. I'll help you with that. There's a number of drone webinars that I teach. I've actually just written a drone course. So again, feel free to reach out to me on my website at lindamchenry.com. Now let's do our weekly Q&A. In each episode, I answer questions submitted by listeners. And this week, I had a number of questions from people who are concerned about their continuing education credit, specifically with respect to repeating courses, carryover courses, and course numbers. So instead of listing each one of those questions separately, I'm just going to address the topics. The first one is repeated courses. Most states do not allow insurance agents to receive CE credit for the same course that's repeated within a 24-month period. And I'm saying 24 months. It's really whatever your license renewal period, because I know in Massachusetts, your license renewal period is three years. So again, whatever your license renewal period is, I don't know of any state that allows you to repeat the same course and receive CE credit for it. Now, when I say the same course, I'm talking about the same course number. In most states, if a course is offered in the classroom and online and in webinar, even if it has a different number, it's considered the same course because it has the same content. In other states, they'll give different course numbers to different versions of the course. So once again, you need to check that out. If you go to any of your CE providers, AD Banker, Better CE, Web CE, CPMI, I mean, any of those folks, you go to the website of your CE provider, they will have a link to the state CE insurance requirements. The other thing is carrying over credit. I can't tell you how many times somebody will approach me about taking a webinar and the webinar has four CE credits granted after completion. And they say, well, gee, I don't want to take that. I only need two because I can't carry it over. And in most states, if you have more than the required number of CE hours that you need to renew your license, there's no carryover. A few states do. Again, Massachusetts allows a few. But again, my thought is how can you have too much information, too much knowledge? And if, if there's a course you want to take, take it. But again, not everybody is like that. So those are just a few of the questions about that. Again, I am SCE provider in a number of states, as well as a licensed insurance producer and uh, an insurance instructor. So again, if you want to learn more about me, what I do, you want to find out about my podcast, YouTube channels, blogs, you just want to ask me a question, visit my website at lindamchenry.com. Again, you might want to check out my book, Taking the Mystery Out of Business, which shares my view of what is essential for succeeding in business, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you're new in business, whether you just want a refresher about all the things you already know. Remember, clueless is a dangerous place to be. Tune in next week as we investigate more insurance mysteries together. Bye-bye.